You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dada. Well, there wasn't a heck of a lot of news yesterday, so it is going to be a draft-centric day today as I kind of pour through just a couple little tidbits here and there, I guess. It's running a little bit late, so I'm going to try to pay attention to the time, and um, if, if everything goes according to plan, it'll be a short episode. Otherwise, I'm lying, and I will be very late to work today. We'll see how it goes. But um, I wanted to... Start off today, I guess, with somewhat of a, um, what would I call it? There are certain things that we know about the Green Bay Packers and how they like to draft. Some of it, I think, is overblown, and some of it, maybe not so much. One of the things, for example, that we've looked at is how the Packers love really athletic guys. Right, We used to say they love high spark score guys. Now we've called them high RAS guys because apparently nobody cares about spark score anymore. The point is really athletic guys. Now, interestingly enough, when I, you know, because everybody's looking at wide receivers and they're like, well, it's got to have a high, highly athletic wide receiver. If you look at the wide receivers we've drafted, not so much. I, I don't have the thing in front of me anymore, but very few of the wide receivers we've drafted have been really high RAS guys really athletic guys. Amari is lacking massively. Um, Devontae was not a real super athletic guy. However, as much as things like that may or may not be true throughout certain positions for uh, the entirety of, you know, Green Bay's history or through seven rounds, if you look at the first two rounds in particular, and as I've mentioned with a, a couple other things, my, my, my biggest hesitation with wide receiver, for example, is it's not that I don't like a lot of these guys. It's that if I'm going to take you in the first round, I expect you to check all the boxes, not just I really like you in a couple boxes. Now, again, that doesn't mean that my opinion is the Packers' opinion, but the point is the Packers generally have the same view of the first, and we'll call it first and second rounds. If you look at the Green Bay Packers' picks, and the reason I want to bring this up is because we, we need to start being able to whittle this down a little bit. I actually started this because I thought there's got to be a couple prospects that really jump out as, you know, if we draft them, we end up thinking, oh, we should have seen that coming. The crazy thing is, though, this year in particular, there's so many athletic freaks, so, so, so many, that um, they could pick almost anybody and it would be a, oh, duh, obviously that's a perfect fit for the Packers. So instead of looking at it as who are the two or three that make the most sense, it's really a matter of who are the couple that we should maybe start to disqualify. But if you look again at the first two rounds for Brian Gutekunst, what do you have? You have Jordan Love, Josh Myers, Elton Jenkins, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Shire Alexander, Josh Jackson, Eric Stokes, A.J. Dillon. 
Of that group, Jordan Love is obviously the biggest outlier for a couple of reasons. Number one, although we don't have Josh Myers RAS, it, it appears he is a very athletic guy. Josh Myers, I only have his height and weight, and he did broad jump was the only thing he did at his pro day. He didn't do anything else at the combine. He did broad jump at his pro day, and that was it. Everything he did, height, weight, and broad jump, were, I think, in the nines. So he was on pace kind of eights and nines to be in that, you know, nine-ish range, let's just say. Darnell Savage, actually, surprisingly, is also an 8.35. But Jordan Love was an 8.84. Everybody else is in the nines. And by the way, all the eights are also uber-athletic. Even if Josh Myers' RAS would have been like 8.5, it's still every single person. So Jordan Love, 8.84. Josh Myers, unknown. Elton Jenkins, 9.34. Rashawn Gary, 9.95. Darnell, 8.35. Jair, 9.5. Josh Jackson, 9.21. Eric Stokes, 9.36. A.J. Dillon, 9.13. So we kind of need to whittle it down to, you know, again, this may be overblown in terms of everybody needs to be uber-athletic, but when you're talking first two rounds, they would also like that box to be checked. In other words, your, um, your ceiling needs to be through the roof. On top of, we also really like you as a football player. Now, again, this is almost not even worth talking about because I'm just going down the list of prospects in the range. And also, by well, we'll get to that. In the range, because I am skipping a few prospects. but And just right down the line, everybody's in the nines. Everybody. It's, it's staggeringly stupid. The other thing to take note of is that they generally don't take from small schools, and this is another area where Jordan Love is a bit of an outlier. Now, Utah State is an FBS school, but it's not a Power 5 school. Josh Myers, Ohio State, Big Ten. Elton Jenkins, Mississippi State, SEC. Rashawn Gary, Michigan, Big Ten. Darnell Savage, Maryland, Big Ten. Jair, Louisville, ACC. Josh Jackson, Iowa, Big Ten. Eric Stokes, Georgia, SEC, A.J. Dillon, Boston College, ACC. All of them are, every single one of them, FBS schools. And again, Jordan Love is the slight outlier here coming from the Mountain West. So generally, they're not rolling the dice on random programs. They like big established programs, athletic players, and generally speaking, premium positions. A.J. Dillon might be the one outlier here. And yes, I consider offensive line to be a premium position. In fact, most positions are probably relatively premium. I'm really just talking about running back, linebacker, tight end. What else would you throw in there? It's about it other than like special team stuff. But quarterback, center, guard, pass rusher, safety, corner, corner, corner. So what are we looking for? Oh, and by the way, the other thing that they really like are young players. I didn't dig up everybody's age at the time because I'm already short on time and I don't really want to try to figure out how to go back and, you know, take their age and subtract it. But it's, it's a relatively known thing. They like to draft younger players. So with that said, and again, you can't 100% rule any of these guys out, but let's just look at where everybody kind of stands going down the list of potential prospects. First of all, Trevor Penning, Northern Iowa. Um, now, Again, we did take Jordan Love, but this is a little different. Northern Iowa is an FCS school. The division is Missouri Valley. Now, there's, there's always exceptions to the rule. Jordan Love was an exception to the rule. Jair Alexander was an exception to the height rule, because these rules are, are not 100%. Again, there's always exceptions, but it does put an asterisk next to Trevor Penning's name. 
George Karloftis. He checks every single box with the slight exception of being an 8.73 RAS. He goes to Purdue, to Big Ten school, and he's 20.9 years old. Extremely young. One of the almost slam dunk picks if we ever got to see his athleticism, which granted, it doesn't matter if we see it. The Packers have a general idea of his athleticism. But one guy that I've got my eye on is Drake London, right? Uh, USC, Pac-12, Power 5, FBS, right? So it falls in line there. There's also the size dimensions, which again, Jair would be an outlier there, but generally, well, Darnell probably too, but generally they like big guys. When at all possible, they like to build, especially at this offense, getting more big, more physical. Josh Myers, big physical guy. A.J. Dillon, obviously massive physical guy. When they add to the offense, Jordan Love being an exception, they like to add power, meanness, physicality. Drake London checks that box. He's also 20.6 years old, extremely young. So again, it really comes down to do they like Drake London as a player, but that's the case for all these guys. At the, assuming Drake London is a really uh, athletic individual, which I don't know if he is, this would be a put a big circle around him type of prospect. Jamison Williams, I don't know very much about at all. I don't know his age. I don't know anything about him other than he goes to Alabama, but I do know his size doesn't really match up. In fact, he's sub 180. So in my mind, unless this guy is just the greatest of the great and the Packers are obsessed with him, I just put a line through it. Zion Johnson, Boston College. We already got a guy from Boston College, so you know that that's sufficient. We know he checks the big physical box. 9-7-5 RAS. The only slight question is that he's 22 years old, which isn't super old, but it's not super young either. Would they disqualify him? Absolutely not, but it's worth noting. Otherwise, I think he checks all the box. It is a, maybe not premium, but essential position when you just, at the end of the day, I mean, we could talk about how tackle is, is much more important than guard and, and much more important than center, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, offensive line is of premium importance. And it is a grouping that is only as strong as the weakest link. Having, a, having the best left tackle in the world and the worst right guard in the world probably means your offensive line sucks. Because the left tackle can't protect the fact that the right guard and right tackle combo is a sieve. So offensive line is one of the most premium important positions in football. And guard and center are a part of that. That's just generally my view on it. Devontae Wyatt. And again, we're just kind of going down the line. I'm skipping things like corner because I, I don't think, I, I, I understand it's premium importance, but I don't think they end up drafting a corner. I understand best player available, but as I've said and explained in the past, the way that teams generally draft is in tiers. Not, it's not necessarily a list like we have a big board where there's the 27th, 28th, 29th. They have grades in groupings. So if the scale's out of 10, you might have a group from, you know, 9.5 to 10. You got another group of, you know, that would be your, your once in a generation blue chip, whatever. Then you got, let's say, 9 to 9.5. So you'll have three or four guys in a group, and the question is, which of this group are you going to select from? It's not impossible that you'll have one guy sitting there, but then you also have the option to trade back. If you have one guy at the very top of your list, and that's the only one, and maybe they would just take him if he's a corner, but more than likely, the option would be, let's trade back, let's get the extra compensation, and let's get a pile of guys at positions that we prefer. So it is best player available, but there's a, there's a decent amount of flexibility to where you're not going to be forced to do something that you absolutely don't need to. And again, cornerback is of supreme importance, so maybe they would. I just, I think that we are so 
ridiculously set there that taking another first-round corner would be a little, little ridiculous. We have two first-round corners. Anyways, Devontae Wyatt, who is a guy that I am a massive fan of, talked about him a little bit yesterday. Um, Georgia, so obviously great program. 955 athleticism because he's an absolute freak. However, as somebody pointed out uh, yesterday, 23 years old as of, you know, like next week. That's getting up there in age. Now, it, it shouldn't ultimately matter. I mean, he's still going to, by the time his, you know, he's young enough that you can potentially get him a second contract and not worry about it. But at the conclusion of his second contract, he's going to be probably 31 years old and time to move on. But you can still get some work out of him if you really, really love the guy. But that is one red flag, right? The school is fine. The position is absolutely premium. We know the Packers love drafting defensive tackles early. They have no issues with that, right? Kenny Clark. It's been a while, but they they used to regularly draft early defensive line. Age is the only real question mark. Daxton Hill, Michigan, no problems there. 903 RAS. Again, I'm just going down the line. Everybody's in the nines. 903 RAS, 21.4 years old. The only real question is if he's in a pile of guys, are the Packers going to go safety? I don't know that I can speak to it intelligibly enough to know the the overall benefit to adding a third safety in this particular scheme. I know you can. I know there's no issues with can. I mean, in fact, we added a third corner, and I'm not even sure how that's going to work, but I know it can work. There's different um, packages and all different things that you can do with three safeties and whatnot. And, you know, the question then becomes, well, how often will you utilize it? How often is a guy going to sit on the bench? And then there's also the question of, even if he sits a little while, it doesn't really matter because we kind of assume Adrian Amos is more than likely not going to be here next year. So we'll need a replacement. So there's always that aspect, but he checks all the boxes. By the way, I did watch, I started watching more prospects, Daxton Hill yesterday. It wasn't like goosebumps, chills, but I'm a fan. I like him. It's kind of like all the linebackers. I just, I like these guys. If we drafted Daxton, would I be excited? I would. I like Daxton Hill. I think he's, he's shown to um, have sort of that versatility, kind of like linebackers, safeties now are, are you want to see the versatility. He needs to be able to come up and um, execute in the box, right? You got to be that heat-seeking missile in the run game. Granted, if you're real good on the back end, I don't think anybody's going to gonna really care, but otherwise you want to see the versatility and he's got it. There was, I just saw on Twitter yesterday, somebody highlighted um, a real good play he made. The, the catch was, was made, but he was able to turn around and race across the field and bring him down. And somebody made the comment that only Daxton Hill is going to catch him, nobody else. I don't know if that's true, but it was a really impressive hustle play to prevent a touchdown. And Daxton does have 4.38 speed, which we know of all the attributes. When you're talking DBs, what do the Packers covet the most? Speed. And if we replace, <laughs> if we replace Adrian Amos with Daxton Hill. I mean, we're already the fastest secondary. I'm not even going to look it up. We have by Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Darnell Savage is just by itself stupid. But then you put Daxton Hill with 4.38 speed at safety. It's just, it's, it's a little absurd. And, I, and listen, I want to talk about these guys honestly and intelligibly because, you know, while everybody else just wants to talk about wide receiver, and I'm not going to sit here and, and throw a temper tantrum about it today. I've already done that. But if you want to do that, go check out some other podcasts. They will talk about wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. I, w- I want to be honest and, and intelligent about this. There are other positions outside of wide. Clearly, it's important. And there are other positions that are important that we do. I, I, am, I am panicked about wide receiver and offensive line. Otherwise, I'm not. But if one of the first two picks is Daxton Hill, I'm not going to throw a temper tantrum about it because we've been here long enough to understand how this works. 
We need to be grown up. We need to be adult and understand this is just the way it works. You don't just select from the biggest position of need. Daxon Hill is, he checks all the boxes. It is a premium position. It is a position that can be utilized this year, but is more about the future. And the Packers do that all the time. And at the end of the day, it comes down to fit. We love the way this guy plays. He checks every single box. He's got the, the, the mentality. He's got the personality. He's got all these things. If all these things check out, Daxton Hill will be the pick. I don't know if it's 22. I don't know if it's 28. Maybe it's late in the second round because he falls, but that's nearly impossible. And although everybody else is going to tell you safety wasn't a need and he was a second round pick, not a first round pick, just understand that that nonsense is not going to be uttered here because it's nonsense. Moving on. Uh, Bernard Raymond, very, very popular pick for the Green Bay Packers. I have a few issues with Bernard Raymond. Number one, Central Michigan. Now, it's still an FBS school, but it's not a Power 5 school. He is in the MAC conference. So I guess similar to Jordan Love, he does have a 986 RAS, so clearly he's a freak, but he's also 24 years old. September 23rd, 1997, which means this year, by the start of this season, he will be 25 years old. I'm more or less ready to scratch Bernard Raymond off the list. You don't have to. It's entirely possible that they're just unbelievably enamored with Bernard Raymond and his abilities. But he plays for a small school, and he's going to be 25 years old at the start of the season. For me, he's off the list. Then we get to George Pickens, who I'm, I'm kind of getting to the point where there's a few guys that I've got circled like six, seven times as just being like, I, I, I can't get them off my mind. George Pickens is one of them. George Pickens has the body type. He's a little skinnier than you would like, but six foot three, he's a big enough guy. Unlike a lot of the other wide receivers we talked about who are, you know, I mean, again, Jamison Williams, I think is sub 180. That's ridiculous. He is 195 pounds, but we can basically call him six foot three, 200 pounds, right? If it bothers them that much, I'm sure they can put five pounds on the guy. But everything about George Pickens is just, it, it, it makes perfect sense to me. You got Georgia, which is a massive program. You got 447 speed, which is not elite, elite speed, but it's plenty of speed. And again, if you're looking for the deep threat, this is clearly not the deep threat, but if you're looking for the Devante replacement, which we still need, and again, we may go out in free agency and, or, or you know trade or whatever. We may go out and get a guy like Julio or, or whoever to add to be the temporary sort of number one whatever. But to be the eventual successor, the, the one guy I keep coming back to is not Olave. It's not um, Drake London. It's not Traylon Burks. It's George Pickens. 6'3", 200-ish pounds, 4'4'7 speed. His overall RAS is a 9'3'3". And again, he just... For me, he just screams number one wide receiver. He's not like Olave where he's got like a handful of things that are just elite. He's not like uh, Drake London with a handful of things that are elite. And he just oozes just top elite wide receiver. He's physical. He's mean. He's cocky. He's got swagger, which I know sounds stupid to some people, but he just carries himself like a top guy. I don't think Olave does. I think Olave reminds me of a really really solid number two wide receiver. And I, again, I might be way off and he ends up being a premier guy. He's the next Justin Jefferson, which again, Justin Jefferson, like 6'1", 205 or something. Very few 185 pound elite wide receivers. I mean, you got Tyreek who's like 175, but Tyreek breaks every mold that exists. It's one of the few 4'3 guys or 4'2 even. I don't know what he runs, but that is, that is an elite receiver. He's one of the few 170 pound guys that are elite receivers. 
but I can't get George Pickens off my mind. Now, that doesn't necessarily strike me as what the Packers are going to do, because we'd probably have to take him in the first round, and we know the Packers are not generally taking wide receivers in the first round. That may change this year, um, but I would guess they don't. But just for some reason, this is the guy that I can't get out of my mind as, as just checks all the boxes. The height, the, the, the need, the fit, the mentality, again, the, the physicality. I mean, you can get guys that are physically imposed. I mean, there's no one more physically opposing in my mind than Drake London, including Traylon Burks. Drake London is just freaking vicious. And again, if you if you take Drake London and tell me that that guy has a nine anything RAS, fine. Then he's he's the top guy, especially at sub twenty one years old. But George Pickens, he is uh, twenty one years old, just turned twenty one, not like about to be twenty two, just turned twenty one years old. Nine three three RAS, big school, great fit. It just I don't know for some reason it just screams to me. If you're looking for a Devontae replacement, this is the guy. I don't think it's Drake London. I th- again, I think Drake makes a solid number two. Go up and get it you know, size guy, similar to maybe like a Sammy Watkins. I know Sammy Watkins wasn't as big, but you know what I mean? Just like a bigger, more physical number two type of guy. It's the first one that came to my mind. George, I just don't get that vibe, man. He may not be great, but he 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 doesn't strike me as a number two anything. He's going to be a solid X receiver, or he's going to just be a mediocre, not super great receiver, I guess. Daniel Fealele, Minnesota. Nothing wrong with Minnesota. I mean, it's not Ohio State, but it's it's a Big Ten school. Don't have a ton on uh, Fealele. I don't have any uh, combine numbers for him. The only thing we have are the fact that he's six foot eight, three hundred eighty-four pounds, twenty-nine point five. But here, here's the thing: having watched Daniel Fealele, I can tell you he's not an athletic specimen. I like the fact that he is just the biggest, nastiest mauler that there is. Which again, six foot eight, three eighty-four. He can throw anybody on his face. But the guy's not really a mover, and I don't think that fits what the Packers want. They want athletic. Going way back prior to Ted Thompson, or excuse me, prior to Brian Gutekunst, they like athletic offensive linemen, and, and he is not. He has one thing, and that is put him at right tackle, you know, put him with the Baltimore Ravens as a right tackle and just let him smash people. So I'm comfortable more or less striking him off the list, although he maybe checks some other boxes, I don't know. He may be athletic considering, you know, because it is relative athletic score. It may be relative to his six foot eight, 384 pound frame. He may be athletic, but at the same time, athletic does have absolute connotations as well, right? You can be 500 pounds and fast for a 500 pound person, but you're not fast enough to actually do the job. It's not relative. It's absolute when it comes to certain things in athleticism. Right, Jordan Davis is relatively a freak athlete, one of the freakiest ever relative to his size and position. But you put him with the cornerbacks and he is garbage. You can't just say he's an athletic freak, therefore he'd be a great corner. That's not how that works. And so regardless of his relative athletic score, I tend to think his absolute athleticism is probably not what the Packers are looking for. So again, I would probably strike him from the list. You don't have to. You do whatever you want. I'm going to strike him from the list. Uh, Lewis Seen is another guy that I'm, I've got a pretty big circle around. Another, another Georgia DB, so real big program. And, and I, I tend to think they also go for programs not just that are big, but kind of fit what they are looking for. Josh Myers, Ohio State, he's an offensive lineman. Great offensive line, also very intelligent based on what, often, what they do with that offensive line. Josh Myers has to be or will be pro-ready based on what he did there. When you're looking at Georgia, you're thinking what? 
There's a lot of things Georgia does well, but let's be completely honest, it's all about the defense. And they have got not just one of the best, but one of the freakiest defenses that's out there. And Eric Stokes was a product of that, and he was the first guy we picked last year. Now, again, he's a safety, but we're talking a 9.9 RAS. Outside of Rashawn Gary, this would be the freakiest of the freaky. That's including A.J. Dillon, Eric Stokes, Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, the whole crew. whole bunch of freaks we've drafted. He is the freakiest of all the freaks, with the exception of Rashawn Gary. In fact, outside of Trevor Penning, he is the most athletic guy. Again, relatively athletic. He is clearly more athletic than Trevor Penning, but outside of Trevor Penning, the most relatively athletic player. Another guy that runs in the four threes, six foot two, 200 pounds. So uh, again, he's right on that safety benchmark. 6'1", 200 pounds is every safety in the world. Scene's got an extra inch just, just as a bonus. I do not know his age. I'm not able to find that anywhere. It's a mystery. I know he was born in Haiti. And I know his birth date, but I don't know the year, so it doesn't really help me very much. And I was going to give you a comment about scene, but now I'm thinking I might have been thinking about Jaquan Brisker. That's my fault for not putting it in my notes, so I will just leave that be. But I think it's Lewis scene. Reminds me very much of Adrian Amos when I watch him. I'm thinking it is. It's possible it's Jaquan Brisker, but I think scene is the one that reminds me very much of Adrian Amos. And the biggest reason is when I was watching him, the amount of plays he makes at or around or behind the line of scrimmage, which is not something you generally think of, of as a safety, being the guy that's going to come up and make a stop on a fourth and one. But sure enough, he was the guy. But again, this is part of the reason why the whole Daxon Hill is the only guy that makes this stop thing is a little silly because Lewis Seen is, is right there with him. After that, Jaquan Brisker, 6'1", 200 pounds, go figure. Again, like every safety in existence. He's got a 9-0-1 RAS. He is... 22, about to go on 23, so there's a little bit of an age question mark there. Um, he is athletic, but his speed is a 4.49, which should not be something you nitpick, but looking at the Packers' history at the position, although speed probably is not a hindrance for him, doesn't exactly meet the criteria for what the Packers generally look for. Again, 23 years old, 4.49 speed. I'm absolutely not striking him from the list, but do I think he's on the same tier as Daxton Hill and Lewis Seen? And again, I'm not talking about the, the, the player. They may think Jaquan Brisker is a better football player than those other two guys. But if I'm talking checking Packers boxes and just most teams probably, but checking Packers boxes, age, athleticism, Seen and Daxton Hill, I think, are just on another tier. And again, relative athletic score, Jaquan Brisker 901, Daxton Hill 903, almost exactly identical, but in different ways. Then you got an interesting candidate by the name of Logan Hall, defensive tackle, 982 relative athletic score out of Houston. Now, Houston is an FBS school, but he's not a Power 5 school. He's with, you know, Memphis, Navy, SMU, Tulane, Tulsa, those guys. I don't know his age, but I, I just don't have a good feeling about Logan Hall. He's got the 982 athleticism, no question about it. He checks that box. I just feel like there's always hype about an athletic Houston defensive tackle. They're usually kind of like Logan Hall, six foot six, two sixty, right? Really small defensive tackles. Somebody gets excited about him and says he's going to be the next Aaron Donald, and then they never end up being the next Aaron Donald. There's always a skinny, fast, athletic Houston defensive tackle, and I think the Packers generally just don't take the bait on that, and I'm fine with that. So again, do what you want. I'm going to strike Logan Hall from my board, more or less. Then we come to a guy that. Um, has hardly ever been talked about. I did watch a little bit, but I'm going to have to go back and watch again because um, as much as I don't 
want to necessarily admit he's a perfect fit. He kind of is. Boye Mafe, pass rusher out of Minnesota. Now, he is 23 years old. Going to be 24 uh, on my birthday, in fact, November 30th. So that is a strike against him. But Mr. Mafe had a 9.9 relative athletic score. 38 vert, 10 foot 5 inch broad jump, 4.5340 time at 6 foot 3, 261. Am I going to put a bunch of circles around him? Not necessarily. A uh, few of the concerns, number one, although it probably shouldn't matter, but Minnesota just seems odd. It doesn't seem like something the Packers are generally scouring as Minnesota talent, which again, sounds silly, but it may also just have to do with fit. What does Minnesota do? But it does appear that he is primarily an outside linebacker, right? Of his 480 snaps, uh, 176 left outside linebacker, 266 right outside linebacker. So as far as that's concerned, and of course he does do hand in the dirt stuff once in a while, not very often, but everybody kind of does. But it's one of the names that nobody's listening to. Nobody's. It's, this, this is exactly a Packers pick, by the way, because it is a premium position, 9-9 athleticism, seemingly a pretty good scheme fit. 6'4", 265 isn't exactly, you know, as big as a lot of the guys we have, but it's plenty big in terms of size. The guy had 42 freaking pressures on 257 attempts, seven sacks, um, graded out fine as a run defender. He kind of checks almost all the boxes with the exception of age, but he's a name that nobody cares about. And if we end up taking this guy at 28, at the very least, we're going to be hearing, what about this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy that we could have taken if we wanted an edge rusher? Why Mafe? Right? We get excited about all the names. We get excited about maybe it's George Pickens, maybe it's Lewis Seen, maybe it's Daxton Hill. You know, if Zion Johnson is available, which I doubt it, you know, why not him? But then you look at everything around it and it's like, why not? And that's part of the reason I want to do this. Part of the reason we got to dig a little bit deeper and understand why we should start getting excited about guys is because this is the type of pick that the Packers make. There's there's nothing wrong with this pick either. He's a great football player. He's got great size. His stats are through the roof. His grades, especially as a pass rusher, are incredible. He can do absolutely everything. He checks all the boxes, again, with the exception of age. He plays for a Big Ten school. There's nothing wrong with the pick. But nobody talks about Boye Mafe. Nobody mentions his name to the Packers. Nobody's interested in the guy. So if we take him, people are going to be mad because, you know, the draft experts said that he shouldn't be gone by pick, you know, 20. It's, it's the exact same reason Eric Stokes was not celebrated when he got picked. I mean, a few people did. But for the most part, people put their head in their hands saying, why did they take a second round guy again? They keep doing that. No, you're saying he's a second-round guy. The draft community said he was a second-round guy. The Packers don't think he's a second-round guy. You know why? Because he's not. He was the best possible guy on their board. So this is exactly the reason I want to do more of this. Boye Mafe put a big circle around his name, not necessarily as a premium potential pick, although you can, but because this is the reason I want to do this. And to get excited about these guys. So that when a pick like this is made, while everybody else is going, who, what, why, Packer, you know, PFF is over there cackling. <laughs> they took <laughs> we can be cheering because we should enjoy draft day. If, if nothing else, for the first time since they took HaHa Clinton Dix, I want to be excited about a pick. Because again, I'm wrong almost every single time when I'm sitting there going, what? It's not that I didn't know who Rashawn Gary was, but I convinced myself that's not a good pick. I knew who Jair was, but I, I still was stuck on the fact that he's like a second-round guy, and we traded up for him in the first. Darnell Savage, he's another second-round guy. Like, I, you know, I don't know. I know some people said first, but I don't, like, who? I don't know much about this guy. I don't, why did we do, there's, there's a list of five guys that I like. Why didn't you take one of those five? Stop having lists of four or five guys. That's the problem. We talk about the same guys every single time. 
Do you think the Packers should take Olave or Traylon Burks? Which of those two that I will accept do you think they will take? And that's it. That's all we're talking about. We talk about Trevor Penning, Drake London, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, Zion Johnson. That's basically it. Anybody else is a garbage pick. I mean, there's other guys that we probably won't get, like Jordan Davis, Trayvon uh, Walker, Jermaine Johnson, right? Might get a Garrett Wilson, of course, we're excited about, but he'll probably be gone. But that's, it. that's all we want to talk about. We don't even really want to talk about Ajabo, who might fall into our lap, partly because we didn't think we could get him, but let's, I don't want to, Tyler Linderbaum, no, no, he's, he's gone, don't really, he's boring. George Karloftis, eh, no, that's not, how about, nobody's even talking about the linebackers. For a team that's been upset, probably because we got a guy for the first time ever, but we don't even want to talk about it. This will be the first year. <laughs> this is going to be the really funny thing. We think this is the first year we're going to take a wide receiver. This is the first year we're going to take a linebacker and everyone's just going to completely explode. We don't want to talk about Kenyon Green, which, by the way, I tend to agree with you. I don't really want to talk about him either, but we don't want to talk about him. Devontae Wyatt? Just sitting there, I wouldn't watch that guy. I'm obsessed with Devontae Wyatt now. We'll talk about Daxton a little bit. We'll talk about Bernard Raymond. We'll even talk about Jahan Dotson, even though we don't think he's the guy, but he's a wide receiver. We'll talk about it. But that's it. We don't want to talk about anybody else. I got my list of five or six, and they will pick from two of these guys with the first two picks, or the Packers are a joke. We can't do that this year. We got to do better this year. And I know I'm not talking to all of you, but I'm talking to myself and most of you. Why don't we take a quick break, and then we'll just kind of pick up where we left off, run through the rest of the guys that are potential in the first round and probably the second round, although our second round picks could potentially be the third round, but we don't have time for all that nonsense. Remember to check out Twitter and Facebook pinned to the top. We've got our GoFundMes. I don't have time to run through it, but you know what it's about. If you have any extra, it would be greatly appreciated. Head over to A Modern Frontier, buy yourself a big old pack of meat. I noticed he added something to his website where you can get a combo pack of beef and pork, which is awesome because I'm torn on what to buy. I may just get that. I don't know. I have to eat the meat that I have first before I can really contemplate that, but then I will do it. Use promo code MEATPACKER, one word, all caps, get $25 off your order. Again, that is amodernfrontier.com. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, 
Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's kick this thing off with another guy that is somewhat of a a known commodity, probably even a little bit more so than uh, Boye Mafe, if I'm just, you know, kind of finger in the air feeling the winds kind of thing. But DeMarvin Leal, edge rusher out of Texas A&M, six foot four, two ninety, big, massive human being. Seems to fit what the Packers like, although I don't really know what kind of edge rushers um, our, our new defensive coordinator is looking for. But um, the biggest red flag, although his age is not a problem at 21.7 years old, the biggest issue, RAS, would be 789 way below the general threshold for the first two rounds. Again, you can find the Packers taking low RAS guys, including Amari Rodgers right in the third, right? If they like a guy enough and he's a good enough fit. And I'm sure that's true technically of the first and second, but you really have to excel in other areas. For example, with Jordan Love being slightly lower, and again, it's it's not even really worth mentioning, but let's just say him being Mountain West, it's because he's a freaking quarterback and they think he could be the next great quarterback. So yeah, we're going to go ahead and pull the trigger. Whether they were right or wrong about that, you can understand why you would make an exception to a guy that you think can be the next great quarterback because it's the most important thing you can do as an NFL football team. But you're talking to Marvin Leal at 7.89 RAS, official height weight 6'3", 283, still massive. And by the way, everyone calls the guy a defensive tackle, and maybe he is, but he primarily played at Texas A&M as a pass rusher, and as a pass rusher, he would be a 277 which is really pathetic. So he would have to switch to defensive tackle. And now as a defensive tackle, we're talking about a somewhat smaller defensive tackle. It's probably why everyone's been calling him a defensive tackle, despite the fact that he was um, an edge rusher slash defensive tackle at Texas. So, I mean, you got the versatility, but it just, I don't know, man. He, for me, just doesn't fit. It's too much of a reach. And it's not like a, this guy is a generational talent. Therefore, we should. 37 pressures on 412 attempts. He's a subpar pass rusher. He had nine sacks, so a lot of people say he's a great pass rusher. But if you look at the pressures, quite poor. PFF grade was a 70, which is nothing great. So there's no generational talent. There's no crucial need. There's no thing to say that there's we should overcome his uh, subpar RAS scores and the Packers will pull the trigger on this guy in the first or second round. I don't think that happens. For that reason, I'm striking him. Uh, Brees Hall running back, I, it's not impossible. Aaron Jones replacement kind of thing, but I'm, I'm probably just going to go ahead and skip running back, especially in the first two rounds. Sam Howell, quarterback, I'm going to go ahead and skip that. But I do have another interesting name for you to keep in mind, and that is Travis Jones. At this point on the consensus board, we're sitting at 47. So we're still in that range of potential first-round picks. Unlikely, but potential. Remember, Eric Stokes on this exact same big board last year was ranked 46th. We're at 48. So we're still within striking distance. Travis Jones is a defensive tackle. He, he comes in at 6'4", 325. Now, that makes it relatively unlikely because I think if the Packers go first two rounds, although defensive tackle is an option, I kind of think it's probably not going to be a 6'4", 325-pound guy. However, the guy ran a 4'9", So if you're looking for a discount Jordan Davis, this is your guy. 6'4", 325, ran a 4'9", has a 9.39 relative athletic score. Plays for Connecticut, which is an FBS school, not Power 5 or anything, they're independent, similar to Notre Dame, BYU, those schools. But again, it is an FBS school. But again, keep in mind, Travis Jones, athletic freak, 
Although 25 pressures on 313 attempts is not massively impressive for somebody that you need to do pass rush things, 8% pressure rate for a guy that's 6'5", 333 pounds and is primarily going to be, well, what was his official? Let me, because I keep looking at the wrong thing here. 6'4", 325, primarily a run defender, which by the way, that's what he does and he does extremely well. I would take that. And bear in mind, um, Jordan Davis's numbers are not very impressive as a pass rusher. But nobody seems to be too worried about his ability to do it. And that's the exact same thing that we're talking about right here with Mr. Travis Jones. Again, I don't know that I buy that they would take him unless he falls to the back of the second, which is maybe possible, but pretty unlikely. And I don't know that they take him in the first. So he's kind of in that no man's land. However, there is the distinct possibility that the Packers could trade up for a guy like Travis Jones. If the Packers, let's just say, uh, take care of a bunch of other needs. Let's say they get a wide receiver and an offensive lineman with the first two picks. Let's say they get Zion Johnson and George Pickens with the first two picks. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but let's just say. Who's to say they don't look at defensive line as the next big frontier and say, let's get this fixed. We've got the pass rushers. We've got Kenny. Let's finally get Kenny some help. Let's get him a a bigger guy, but somebody that's not just a big guy. You know, not just a Snacks Harrison that's just snacking it up. Let's get an athletic guy. Travis Jones is just as athletic as, as or, or more so than the 290-pound defensive tackles, but with the power of a 230-pound guy. So I'm a big fan. Having not watched him yet, I haven't gotten this far down the list, but I am very excited to take a look at Travis Jones because, again, he is the discount Jordan Davis. And discount may be unfair because statistically and grade-wise and everything else, he checks just about every box. Slightly less athletic, but, I mean, to a degree that's not even worth mentioning. Um, Another guy that's kind of been not talked about very much, Christian Harris, linebacker, largely because his production has completely fallen off in Alabama. Plus, as Packer fans, we assume they will not be taking a linebacker in the first two rounds. However, Christian Harris, 21 years old, 902 um, relative athletic score, 6'2", 226. He's real small, but he's running 4'4'4". And again, with Devondre Campbell, I know when we talked to Sam and and Coach Hahn, they kind of talked about if I wanted to get a linebacker next to Devondre, I would want it to be like Devondre. In other words, I don't need like this. I need just give me two of that type of player. But still, I don't know that I hate getting sort of a compliment like this. And I, and I think it could help a guy like Christian Harris to not have to be Devondre Campbell. Sort of that thunder and lightning combination at linebacker. Whereas if you try to get him to be a Devondre Campbell, it may be a massive failure. So I certainly don't have him circled, but I'm not going to strike him out either. Again, it seems relatively unlikely because we don't touch linebacker, but that was before our defensive coordinator was a massive linebacker guy, and we just paid a guy as a linebacker. And although we may look at that and disqualify us drafting a linebacker, maybe it shows a renewed sense of importance to the linebacker position, so much so that if they love Christian Harris and think he would be a phenomenal fit and um, is a great value for where they're picking, he may be the pick with our first or second second round pick, again, if he makes it that far. And he may, because again, his play in Alabama had completely fallen off. And fallen off is kind of unfair because he was never that good to begin with. But 68 overall grade down to a 62, down to a 61, right? Coverage grades, terrible all these years. But again, it's just a matter of do they think that they, he would be a fit for what they need? I don't know. It's the reason he's going to fall. The question is, do the Packers feel like they can revive this or make something out of this? We're going to skip Kenneth Walker because he's a running back. And that brings us to another very distinct possibility, and that is Mr. Drake Jackson out of USC. 
Now, he's 6'4", 250, which is not generally what we think of when we think of pass rushers, although we did get some of that with Whitney Merciless. And again, we don't know exactly what Joe Barry's preference is. Just because Mike Pettin liked 280-pound pass rushers doesn't mean uh, Joe Barry does. Also, we're, we do not have the same um, edge rusher coach, uh, outside linebacker coach anymore. But Drake Jackson, again, big school, USC, 20.9 years old, so he's not even 21 yet, so that's a massive bonus. Six, well, what was his official weigh-in? So, 6'2", 254. Certainly not 6'4", he's 6'2". So that isn't super fantastic. However, the only other things that we looked at for his athleticism, he did his um, explosion stuff, his vert and his broad jump, and both of those were elite. So I don't know exactly what his deal is going to be. Let me see if USC had their pro day yet. So it's on the 23rd, so in two days, and we'll see if he's, I don't know if he's planning on doing anything at his pro day, but... um, seemingly the athleticism is there. The youth is there. The premium position is there. The school is there. I think the production is there. 26 pressures on 179 attempts and six sacks. That's 14.5% as far as his pressures are concerned. That's solid. So again, pending the uh, testing numbers, I think Drake Jackson is a guy that we should have circled several times. He fits the position. He fits the premium nature of the position, the age, the program, the production, size maybe is a little questionable, especially this fact of being six foot two, which again, he was listed at six foot four, so slight exaggeration there. But it's a name we should familiarize ourselves with. And again, with this level of production and this level of athleticism, he's a guy that we can go ahead and watch some highlights, we can go ahead and watch some videos, some some films, whatever you want to watch to get excited about him and get excited about him. Because this very mel very way <laughs> Third time is a charm. Very may well be a Green Bay Packer in just a matter of a few weeks. Next up is a guy that I would love, love, love to get. And I think it would have to be a break the mold kind of a thing because I don't know that he necessarily fits any of these criteria. But Trey McBride is on the list. And I think you, you if, if we're being honest, he's a borderline strike it off your board kind of a thing because is it a premium position? No. Tight end is up there, I think, with linebacker and, and again, generally running back, although we drafted a running back, so that kind of squashes that. But generally speaking, just like generally we're not going to draft from the Mountain West, generally we're not looking at tight ends in the first two rounds. Additionally, in terms of his RAS, he did not do any of the uh, speed or agility stuff, but his um, explosion grades were just in the good category, and his size is poor. 6'3", 246, 18 reps on the bench is really low. 33-inch vert is adequate. Broad jump, 909 is adequate. And his age is 22.3. So he's not even, he's not old, but he's not young. The, the I'm going to hold out hope that this is a, a something that kind of breaks the mold because his production via PFF, his ability as a receiver and as a blocker and all that stuff, it just gets me excited. But I think if we're being honest, based on every single thing, his, even down to the school, Colorado State, Again, it is FBS, but it's, you know, MWC. You know, he's there with Boise State and, well, Utah State, I guess, but he's a Mountain West guy, and, I, and he's not a quarterback. So I like Trey McBride. I like the, the, the you know, today dream about maybe we get a guy like Trey McBride, and, and you look at what he's done, you look at his PFF grades and stats and all that stuff, and, and it's exciting. But he doesn't meet the athletic thresholds, as far as I can tell. He doesn't meet the school thresholds. He doesn't really meet the age threshold. He doesn't really check any box, the positional threshold. He's kind of wrong for everything. So, um, again, not impossible, 
but massively unlikely in the first two rounds. And considering he will not fall to the third round, massively unlikely that we ever see the guy. Now, having two first round picks and two second round picks, maybe the Packers are a little bit more lenient on these things. Something to consider. Kind of a little late in the process to be talking about this, I guess, because we've skipped a bunch of stuff and crossed a bunch of guys out. But you do wonder, you know, if you only have one pick in the first round and one pick in the second round, especially when they're very late picks generally, you want to be, you want to make sure you maximize them. But if you have four picks, maybe one of them you get a little crazy with. Just a thought. I don't know. Anyways, we're not at the very bottom, but I am going to stop after this last fella because it's obviously somebody we should be talking about. It is somebody that Packer fans really, really like, but the question is how many boxes does he check? And that is NDSU's Christian Watson wide receiver. The reason people really get excited is because he is he is MVS, right? He's a slightly more athletic MVS. And um, he's also the reason why I'm not a big fan of bringing back MVS because although we can't guarantee we draft this guy, there are other versions of tall, fast guys. And um, considering MVS was never really a massive um, benefit to our offense, would I want to pay eight, nine million dollars for MVS, or would I rather just draft a guy on the cheap who can run fast? I think I'd rather draft a guy on the cheap. But first of all, FCS school, not even FBS, FCS, North Dakota State. This is only the second FCS guy we've talked about. Trevor Penning is the other one. Again, not impossible, but that's generally not the direction the Packers like to go. Now, it's also possible that there's very few FCS people in the first two rounds. So the odds that we would have drafted an FCS player is low. It's not that we don't. It's just that there haven't been a lot of opportunities and we haven't been one of the few that have done it. But still, there is no precedent for the Packers taking, taking flyers on really small school guys. Not early on anyways. As far as his age, he's 22 years old. So... It's not a negative, but it's not a positive, right? He's not 20 going on 21. He's not barely 21. He's 22. He was also born in May, which means he will be 23 this year. So we're getting into this somewhat negative category. So small school, not great as far as age. Obviously, however, the athleticism is there. He scored a 10 out of 10. So, I mean, it's just absolute physical freak. So strike him from the list? No. Do I think he is as high on the board as everybody else thinks so? No, I think we've listed other guys that make more sense that are, that are not being talked about more so than Christian Watson, right? Drake Jackson checks more boxes than Christian Watson, but obviously everybody thinks Christian Watson is the much more likely candidate. I don't know that I agree with that necessarily, especially since, you know, we took MVS in the, what, fifth round. Do we want to draft an MVS replacement in the second round? Not saying it has to be a fifth round guy, but you understand he's a role player. If you want to draft Devontae's replacement, cool. If you're just looking for a fast guy, that's just a fa- The point is, if we draft Christian Watson in the second round, it's not because he's just going to be an MVS replacement. He's just a guy that runs down the field real fast. He has to be more than that. And they have to see much more in him than that. And, and presumably they would have. And presumably there is. That's why he's a second round guy. But the point is, Packer fans see him as like, oh, cool, a, a slightly upgraded MVS. Nope, not in the second round. Sorry. One 40-yard reception every two weeks? No. No thanks. Not for a second round pick. Second round pick, we're looking for a guy that can crack a thousand yards and ten touchdowns in a good in a good year. So, anyways, I got to get it wrapped up. We got to uh, get up out of here. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. Hopefully, I gave you a couple guys to take a look at and some stuff to think about. And uh, I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye. <laughs>